This is the G Podcast with your host, Tommy B. The world has lost another music icon. The queen of rock and roll, Tina Turner, has passed away at the age of 83. At the 1995 Grammy Awards, that song, What's Love Got to Do With It, won three awards for Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Best Female Pop Vocal Performance. There were many more accolades over the decades. Her career and marriage to Ike Turner is well documented. In 1981, three decades before the Me Too movement, Tina was one of the first celebrities to detail the abuse she endured by her ex-husband. Women around the world admired her strength. She went on to reinvent herself. That reinvention didn't happen overnight, but when it did, she exploded. Her 24-7 tour in 2000 sold more than 100 million tickets. Guinness World Records announced at that time that she had sold more concert tickets than any other solo performer in history. Her last concert tour was in 2009. Tina Turner's health declined in recent years. She had a stroke and was fighting kidney disease and other illnesses. She died in Switzerland, where she had lived since 1985. Hey, what's up, y'all? One of my favorite celebrity encounters was with Miss Tina Turner. Uh, she's very regal, humble, and willing to accommodate the, the media and the press for her fans. Uh, the photo I'm using for this week's podcast poster is actually a photo from about 30 years ago this year, and it's still one of my favorite po- photos. So I've got to say rest in power and thank you to Miss Tina Turner for everything. Uh, this is episode 177 of This is the G Podcast. It's Memorial Day weekend, our taping, and I guess Miami must be boycotting Florida this weekend because the Heat and the Celtics are headed back to Boston. Who would have thunk it for game seven? And by the time y'all listen to this podcast this week, we'll probably have a winner, but definitely for Monday uh, and, and today as we tape, um, we don't have a winner. But uh, Monday, game seven. Can you believe it? They did it. Each week we do news, politics, pop culture, and the piping hot tea. Uh, the news with Syracuse Mike is coming up. Thank you, Mike Roberts, for getting it in. Got a great conversation coming up with author T.H. Moore. A tribute, another tribute to Tina Turner from uh, Brooklyn Alexander from UIN, Urban Internet News. And, of course, I'll let you know what I'm watching. Then we're going to wrap it up with the benediction from Vi. Thank you so much, Vi. And for now, let's go ahead and do news with Syracuse Mike, and we'll come back on the other side with author T.H. Moore. News team, assemble! It's time for the Week in News with Syracuse Mike. President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy met at the White House Monday in another effort to prevent a U.S. debt default, a potentially catastrophic event. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says that will happen on or around June 1st if Democrats and Republicans can't make a deal. After talks stalled over the weekend, the president says he is optimistic, but continued to express his concerns. The consequence of failing a pair of bills would be that American people would have a real kick in their economic well-being. As a matter of fact, the rest of the world would, too. And uh, so we also agree we need to reduce the deficit. Some of the sticking points in recent days, military spending and work requirements for federal aid programs. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott held his first rally after announcing his intention to seek the Republican nomination for president. Are you proud to be an American? Scott is the nation's only black Republican in the Senate. His message for now, cutting spending and restricting abortion. 
The NAACP has issued a travel advisory for Florida. They say Republican Governor Ron DeSantis' policies were undemocratic and openly hostile to people of color and to those who identify as LGBTQ+. The NAACP is joining several other groups who have put out similar warnings. Some U.S. citizens decided some time ago to avoid spending vacation money in the Sunshine State. But Governor DeSantis announced last week that his state experienced record tourism in the first quarter of 2023 with nearly 38 million visitors. As expected, it's happening. Netflix is cracking down on sharing passwords. The streaming giant sent out an email stating your Netflix account is for you and the people you live with your household. Now, I didn't get that email, so perhaps it only went out to people who regularly share their password. Netflix says members can transfer a profile to someone outside of their household so the person can begin a new membership they pay for on their own. Or you can pay an extra fee, $7.99 a month per person for those outside of your household using your account. He's in. I am running for president of the United States to lead our great American comeback. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is running for president. He made the announcement Wednesday on Twitter. However, the live effort on Twitter spaces was plagued by technical glitches. DeSantis, while lagging in recent polls, is considered Donald Trump's strongest Republican challenger. With Memorial Day weekend in full swing and lawmakers leaving Washington to be with their families, the White House and Republican negotiators are getting closer to a deal to raise the debt ceiling before next Thursday. That's according to sources. The tributes continue to pour in for Tina Turner. Former President Barack Obama tweeted that Tina Turner was raw, she was powerful, she was unstoppable, and she was unapologetically herself. Oprah Winfrey said she is our forever goddess of rock and roll. The two-time Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee died Wednesday at the age of 83. Appreciate the headlines, Mike. And this is the G Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy B. Uh, we've got another great episode. And I want to say thank you to T.H. Moore, author T.H. Moore. He's a Philly native. And uh, also, of course, he has uh, aligned with the statement, which I completely agree with. I didn't see the book I wanted, so I wrote it. First of all, man, welcome to This is the G Podcast. And I got to give you, when you when any guest who comes on the show has got to get <laughs> some of that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. And because you're from Philly and Tanya B has some roots in Philly, <laughs> we got to give you the That's air horn as well. We can't come on formal. You got to get all that. But, um, you know, I, I, I write short stories, man. I just, you know, full disclosure, I, I have never written a novel but or, or a complete book other than a, a collection of short stories. But I say that because I have a huge appreciation for writers and especially black men who jump in and write, you know, just something other than my 12 something, something to a better, you know, the, the tropes that people typically do when they write a book. Um, but, but tell us about the statement, man, you didn't see a book you wanted. So you wrote it. Tell, tell us a little bit about that statement. Um, well, I, I, I grew up an only child, so you know, I have an active imagination, you know, already. And um, <laughs> <laughs> you too. Yeah, I'm with you, bro. Yeah, Keep so on going. <laughs> we, these days they call it um, ADD. But, you know, when I was in school, you know, way, way back, I'm 47. They didn't call us that. They just said, you know, we were easily distracted, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, to answer your question, like I always had an active imagination 
And it was one of those things where I was one of those kids that didn't read a lot uh, in, in the early stages. I really didn't get it into enjoying literature until I was probably around high school. Um, so it was part of, you know, like my mom wanted me to read more often and it felt like punishment. Um, and when I went to go check out books, like at the library at my, at my school, um, or, you know, she took me to the bookstore to find something that I would like, like all the, 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 the stereotypical popular names and, you know, the books that were being promoted back then, you know, there wasn't a lot of representation of us. So I was reading a lot of, you know, stories that I didn't find interesting. And then as I progressed, you know, I, I, be, I was exposed to more and more black authors like uh, like Eric Jerome Dickey and uh, my mentor, uh, Omar Tyree. And when I first started reading their books, I was so I was so captured by the stories when typically I, again, like I didn't read because I was like, they didn't like it. It put me to sleep, <laughs> to be yeah, honest. Yeah. But when I read their books, it kept my attention. So um, it was just one of those things that when you fast forward, I say like 30 years later, when I finally wrote my first book, uh, The End Justifies the Means, right here, um, it was one of those things where I was like, I know that there's a niche. Um, and obviously I didn't discover it because there are plenty other mainstream popular, you know, best-selling, you know, black authors out there. Correct. It was a thing where I wanted to write a story for people who felt like me. Gotcha. You know, I got people you. who were like, hey, I like to read. I enjoy good storytelling. I like to get lost in a story in my own imagination. But I can't relate to the characters. I can't relate to the settings. I can't relate to these situations. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, when I wrote my book, um, even though like the end justifies and means is considered hoodlit, um, I like to categorize it as intelligent hoodlit. And gotcha. what I mean gotcha. by that, because I don't want to, you know, offend or, you know, disrespect any of the other hoodlit authors is that they're stereotypically like, you know, a book cover that has a half naked girl mm-hmm. or, you know, those type of things. Well, they know their audience and they, right. you know, they, 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 they play to that audience. Right. They right. To yeah. But I didn't want to pigeonhole myself. So like even like when I create my book covers, they're ambiguous. You don't mm-hmm. know that, you know, this cover is is hoodlit. And that's the end justifies the means. Yeah. 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 That's gotcha. well, let, let me ask you if and by the way, folks, you can go to uh, thmorenovels.com and and see the three books and, and, and get and we'll talk about it at the end of at the end of this, uh, you know, how, how they can get autographed copies of your book. Um, but you've written, you know, of course, in Justifies the Means, uh, The Devil's Whisper and the newest book, uh, I Am. Yep. You know, when I was looking over the synopsis, the summary for every book, you do something a little bit different with, uh, you know, using like real historical events in the book. And, and you know, I, I call that um, not revisionist history, but, you know, I guess it's hi- fictional history. Yeah. Tell tell us your style. How, how how do you how do you make that happen? Yeah, so you're talking about this book right here, The Devil's Whisper. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's historical fiction, and that's the only book that I wrote that way. Um, mm-hmm. But repeat the question for me one more time because I got no- your 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 writing style. Uh, when when you know how does it? You, we talked about hoodlit, okay, and, and you talked about you know you definitely differentiate yourself from from that category. 
But when you look at the three books you've written so far, how, how what style would you say you've written them in? Um, like, well, all of them, like I'll consider them suspense fiction, except for okay. The Devil's Whistle, that's historical fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and my writing style, like the best way I can describe it is, is cinematic. Okay. And what I mean by that is that I was fortunate to learn how to type in high school. So I got to a point where I could type up to like, you know, 40 words a minute. Um, so again, going back to my, this only child active imagination, when I sit down to write, I, I shut off my phone, I shut off the TV, um, I close the windows, I eliminate all distractions. Again, playing to the ADD because if I don't do those things, you know, I'll, I'll get pulled in different directions. But I literally close my eyes and I can see the story developing in my mind. Wow, so gotcha. I can see their faces. I can hear their voices. I know what that sounds No, like no, crazy. I mean, because you know what? I mean, you're looking ahead. I mean, these could potentially be uh, screenplays. Yeah, and 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 we'll we'll touch on that too. We'll, we'll <laughs> uh, yeah. That's the next step. But yeah. I, I literally like I see their faces. I hear their voices. I see the clothes that they're wearing. The different type of vernacular. So I literally get to type what I'm seeing in my mind. Gotcha. So it's almost like when people when writers talk about the story writes itself. That's what's happening to me. Um, and I basically just keep typing and keep banging at the at the keys until it's done. And there's been instances where I've lost hours before I had to open my eyes back up and, you know, written a whole chapter or chapters. I mean, obviously, there's going to be like spelling errors and, you know, punctuation about that stuff at the beginning. Um, You just want the story out. But that's like that's my writing style. It's when people read it, they say a lot of times that it reads like a movie and they can because it's so descriptive. So um, that's that's how I would describe my writing style as cinematic. So so let's let's start with uh, I Am, which is the current book. Give us a brief summary of the book I Am. Again, I'm talking to T.H. Moore, author. Go to thmorenovels.com, find out more about what he's doing. But give us a, a, a brief summary on I Am, and then let's talk about the other books as well. Go ahead. Well, like basically, like I Am follows like a young, successful African-American couple, uh, police sergeant Xavier and a trauma surgeon named Sandy. Uh, who are focused to pick up the pieces of their marriage after a violent loss of their uh, young godson at the hands of a local police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, and a- a- as a result, you know, this couple's tragic loss sparks not only their anger, their community's anger, but also the rage of a vigilante. So a nationwide killing spree ensues, targeting corrupt, uh, corrupt police officers beginning in Texas and spreads across the nation all the way to the capital, Washington, D.C., where the suspect, the vigilante, is uh, ultimately caught and charged. And essentially, the trial, the meat of the story happens in the trial. Um, And what I did in the story is that I wanted to challenge um, this country's morality. So just to put it in in, in direct terms, this is a literary warning to America that the trajectory of you know racial tension and racial violence in the country is heading in a way that's wicked. And if we don't self-correct ourselves, we're pretty much 
you know, imagine, you know, hurricane season is coming up, right? Yeah. You know, every season we have multiple hurricanes barreling towards, you know, Florida's coast. And we get all these warnings. They have a week of advance and things like that. But I use that as an example to say that if we don't address our race relations in this country within this generation, it's almost the equivalent of us ignoring of category four hurricane barreling towards our shores. Gotcha. And we're going to okay. receive the brunt of it while we're unprepared. And we're also going to, you know, realize a lot of damage and also, you know, casualties as a result of it metaphorically. So this was like my chance to say to America, look, there's a problem, you know, that's, and that's part of the reason, like the way I designed the cover, if you look at it closely, it's the title I am coming through the American flag that's burning at the top, but Mm -hmm. the significance is that the the flag is inverted. So if you have, you know, military experience, you know that's a signal in the military to let people coming know that essentially everything's not okay here. It's a warning to other soldiers like, hey, you know, if it's a fort and they've been overrun and they've been attacked, they've been overrun, and now the enemy occupies the fort, We'll flip the flag upside down to let oncoming our soldiers know, hey, everything's out of copacetic here. Something's wrong. So that's that's what the the meat of this book is about. So Devil's Whisper, give me a a short, a brief summary on that. The Devil's Whisper is is very different. It's a much darker story than I I typically write. But uh, the synopsis basically is I wanted to... um, Imagine all the major crimes against humanity did not happen. Wow. The Holocaust didn't happen. Slavery didn't happen. World Wars one and two didn't happen. So as a result, I built this world where it's basically kumbaya, um, uh, as close as humanly possible to world global world peace. But Hmm. realistically, because the way that we they achieved it in the story was that they exiled uh, all criminals and violent offenders to a prison city in Australia, and that's where the story begins. Following these two exiled criminals and what and and what they had to do to survive in that type of environment, and plot revenge and on who ultimately exiled them in the, in the first place. And in order for me to achieve that, as far as the book is concerned, I actually include a timeline from the Big Bang all the way up to present day where I had to rewrite those instances um, of how we got to, you know, World War One started, how the transatlantic slave trade began, how, what was the, the catalyst and the, the reasoning behind Hitler wanting to, um, you know, eliminate the Jews. So mm-hmm. once I got to that part of history, I rewrote it so those things didn't happen. And wow. that's how we kind of got to a place of world peace because those crimes against humanity did not happen in this story. I mean, that's pretty intricate. You, you've got to really plan out. Yeah. Yeah. The devil's whisper. <laughs> the outline. Right. And, and, and me adding the outline was to help readers trying to wrap their mind around, well, how do we get the world peace? And I was like, well, these are the steps that initiated World War One. If mm-hmm. we change those things, then the war didn't happen. And along right. with the other instances as well. And finally, uh, end justifies the means. Uh, Just a brief. The end justifies the means is my most personal story. Um, The story follows, and and for the record, all of my stories have two main characters. That's something that I stole from Harry Jerome Dickey when I read his uh, Chasing Destiny. 
Um, so, and the end justifies the means. It follows two cousins, uh, one Jalen, the other's name's Kevin. Uh, Jalen is a younger cousin, and obviously Kevin is the older, but Kevin is not just a cousin, but more of a father figure. So the story follows the choices that they make in life and how those choices take them in two totally different directions. Jalen is clean cut. He goes to school, does what he's supposed to do. Kevin gets caught up in, in street life, you know, in order to take care of his family. So they go in different directions. But ultimately, they're family. So they need one another to get over certain trials and tribulations. So, you know, during the course of the story, they reconnect and, you know, they prosper and they, you know, deliver their family into a social economic status that was more advantageous to them. Um, so in, in a nutshell, it's a story about choices, a story about family, how those choices can affect our lives and the importance of family and needing one another. There are a lot of folks out there I know who who write, um, who aspire, have aspirations to write. Um, you know, and, and, and you just mentioned some really good tips on, on your writing style. What do you tell people who have aspirations to write? You know, just, you know, and just a quick, you know, there's so many things you could tell each individual based on, you know, where they are, but just what would be the one tip, one tip. you tell everybody in terms of writing? I'm going to, I know what I tell people. <laughs> but, I'm going to answer this from the perspective of, uh, an independent yeah. author like myself. Yeah. Do not skimp. Don't try to skip. Don't try to cheat the process when it comes to editing. Okay. Because there's a stigma that comes with, you know, independent authors that, you know, it's not well written, it's not well edited, et cetera, et cetera. Some books, I will admit, are like that. Um, mm -hmm. Mine are, <laughs> obviously. And a lot of us who, the majority of us who are independent aren't. Um, and I would say when it comes to the editing as well, don't take it personally. Um, it's constructive criticism and your editor is there to help you and to refine your story. But, you know, you know, Erica Badu said, you know, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my ish. And, <laughs> yeah. and that's real. Like the first time it I is, got, yeah. the first time I got like the, the, the line edits back to my book, like I couldn't, I had to walk away for it from like a few days because like I was in that mindset, like who do they think they are? want me to change my story, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. once I got over that and I let my ego, you know, go to sleep, then I realized that a lot of the suggestions that they were making were the right suggestions. And ultimately it helped my story. Yeah. Hey, go to, go to the website, uh, G nation, uh, go to, to the website, uh, novels.com. That's thmorenovels.com. You also have, uh, autograph copies. Absolutely. If you go to that website, thmorenovels.com, that's where you can order uh, autographed copies directly from me via my Etsy store. If you, I'm also on amazon.com for those who want audiobooks or the Kindle version. Um, but those don't come directly from me, obviously. They, those come from Amazon, so I can't autograph those. So if you want autographed copies, go to thmorenovels.com. Excellent, man. Appreciate it. Hey, and you know what? You can't come on this show without giving some current events. Plus, you know, you deal, you kind of delve, you know what's going on. I, I would imagine. Yeah, I'm, you I'm know, pretty, I'm up to date with the current events. You which understand. One you which one are we going to tear down? <laughs> so, so you can't come on this show without giving us. Plus, again, you know, you, you understand history, current events, things like that. So let's do this. I want to play a couple of clips, man. Sure. And and, uh, you know, this is like our, our newsmaker segment. 
so the, the first uh, clip I want to play is about the travel advisory. Uh, the NAACP has announced right. uh, the travel advisory in Florida. Just want to get your thoughts, and but let's go ahead and play it first. Here we go. It's important for uh, the NAACP and other organizations to speak for individuals who are under attack. We have a large membership base in the state of Florida who, who feel besieged upon, and unfortunately, the governor is using his platform to advance some of the most regressive racist policies in his attempt to become the president of the United States. Yeah, so that's uh, Derek Johnson, uh, president and CEO of the NAACP, and he's talking about the rationale behind uh, the uh, the ban or, or the travel advisory for Florida. What are, what are your thoughts on, on that? Um, I, I agree with them that, you know, the laws that they're implementing are kind of like Jim Crow 2.0. Um, and, you know, when you talk about Florida and it being a stand your ground, you know, state, and, you know, that's where, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's where Zimmerman, you know, killed George oh. Martin. And you're yeah. very, you, you don't like Zimmerman, I would imagine. Nah, that. bro. I killed him. And, uh, <laughs> and I am. And oh, okay. I'm, I'm just going to put this little tidbit in there while we're running. So, I, hey, hey, I would play the applause, but I don't want to wind up on somebody's uh, watch list. That's okay. <laughs> I'll be on their watch list. <laughs> but I, I but you know what? Game. You know what? Let's go ahead and do it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, sir. So, so when I wrote I Am, I wrote it yeah, yeah, yeah. that if I wasn't afraid to go to prison, you know, who would I enact, you know, revenge on? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I hit George Zimmerman. He dies in the book. Um, uh, other police officers who kill innocent, uh, unarmed American citizens, I killed them too. Um, and I don't feel bad for it. Um, there you go. But to answer your question, um, about Florida. Again, Jim Crow 2.0, but I'm the type of person who I, re- I, I respect and I appreciate the NAACP giving me, you know, information to protect myself. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I have concealed carry license and I'm of the temperament. I'm not going to stop going anywhere that I want to go. Okay. And that includes Florida. So, I got you. you know, I'll go to Florida. I'll have my you know, my legally licensed firearm with me and I believe in staying the ground. So, yeah. you know, if someone wants to infringe upon my rights as a human being or threaten my life, then I'm going to take them with me. Yeah, I think I think it's more symbolic than anything. Uh, it's more about probably bringing well, not probably, but definitely bringing attention to the situation yeah. and and what the current uh, disaster is what they're calling him. I, I don't call him. I don't like to call him his real name. Just DeSantis. He's re, he's really disaster. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I would say, uh, you know, it, it's more about bringing attention, uh, you know, to the the evil he's bringing to the state. You know, so, um, you know, I, 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 I applaud them for the awareness. I agree. I mean, whether or not it has the type of impact that an old school Selma Montgomery type boycott would have or Montgomery boycott would have, you know, it, those days may be gone. But but, you know, I remember when, when well, you know, recent history when North Carolina had the uh, the ban and, and it, it forced them to make some changes you know, legislatively. So hopefully it will, you know, we'll see one more. uh, Well, not one more, but next clip I want to play uh, a presidential announcement. Here we go. This is Tim Scott announcing his presidency. Here we go. I will be the president who destroys 
the liberal lie that America is an evil country. I, I, I think back a couple of years ago when I addressed the nation and I said, America is not a racist country. We need to stop canceling our founding fathers and start celebrating them for the geniuses that they were. That's all I could take. Go ahead. I'll let you. I'll let you go first. Go ahead. America is not an evil country. That's a lie. Uh, we're an empire. Are, are you allowed to curse on this show? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. We've been <laughs> kicking ass since the beginning of this. That ain't country. even cussing, really. <laughs> but go ahead. You're right. We've been kicking people's asses since we found, since this country was founded. Yeah, man. The cover of this book, Around the Brim, has over 20 names of unarmed American citizens who've been killed by law enforcement. When's the last time you saw a Native American? Mm. I've never personally met one. So, uh, I mean, I can go on and on about the atrocities of America. Um, Am I going to say I hate this country? Uh, Is it the worst country in the world? You know, America has its its upside. Mm -hmm. And what it is is that the reason why so many immigrants want to come here. I mean, we're all immigrants to this country. Mm -hmm. Um, There's endless and unlimited opportunity here. Um, And if you want to get down, like, like down to it, you can make a lot of money in this country. And that's why people come here. So as far as capitalism is concerned, as far as about economic opportunity is concerned, this is the place to be. But I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat and say that, hey, this country is perfect. This country doesn't have work to do. This country is an evil when it comes to how it treats human beings. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my response. Is it evil in totality? Uh, I'll say no. But it is evil how it treats human beings. And I'm actually surprised. Like, we like to get on our high horse and point at other countries and say, hey, you know, look at China and their humanitarian rights history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what about our humanitarian rights history? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 I, 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 I know what America is and I know what America isn't. And yeah. I'll just leave it at that. And, you know, I'll say this. I'm, I'm totally, you know, I'm aligned with you on, on your statement. I won't uh, just re- I won't uh, say that over because that's part of how I feel. But um, the George Floyd situation and Tim Scott opened my eyes to who Tim Scott really is. He had an opportunity uh, to work on a bipartisan bill uh, to, uh, you know, on police reform. You know, to 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 immediately do some things on police reform, and basically he went in with the mentality, in my opinion, that he wasn't really going going to accept anything in the first place. Uh-huh. You know, it was for show. He went in, uh, the um, negotiations collapsed. He was and a black he, Republican. Yes, and he lied about what happened. So immediately, I mean, from that point on, I, you know, I, I, I had no interest in anything he had to say. The other thing, he's coming from South Carolina. I got friends, got family in South Carolina. My family is in South Carolina. Absolutely. I, but, you know, you have to ask yourself, 
you know, South Carolina has issues and has problems. And if you if you want to be president of the United States and you can't fix the issues in South Carolina, how can we expect you to do anything, you know, with the country? So exactly. And, and not a very good candidate. Nikki, Nikki Haley, too. But I'll, I'll throw it back to you. Go ahead. And, and like another like I'm a student of history mm-hmm. and South Carolina was the first to secede from the union. Yes. Over slavery. So that gives you a background and an idea of the mindset and the morality of South Carolinian culture. And whenever I go down there to visit family, mm-hmm. yes, I'm wearing a firearm because I'm not going anywhere in South Carolina. I know. Yeah, it's a different kind of place. Right. All right, this is um, the last clip. Hey, let's light. We'll, we'll we'll leave it on a on a lighter note. Here we, go. Light it up a bit. Here we go. I think there's a possibility. But I think it's a slim chance that he retires. I think several things are at work. One, he was understandably angry and upset about the loss. Like, I I think LeBron, I said it last week on the Bud List, I think he smelled his fifth ring. Yeah. I think like many people, he was like, all right, we can get through Denver. And you look at the East with Boston struggles. You look at Miami with their solid, but there's a roster the Lakers beat already. All right. And I think he thought it was there. All right, that's uh, Fox Sports One, and that's Chris Broussard. And just one quick, you know, question: Will LeBron give it up after this season? No, I don't think he's going to retire. Um, I think he gave that answer because you know he was disappointed. I mean, like getting swept. I mean, that's a shot to the ego. Oh yeah. So, um, and like, even if you look at his teammates, and like you looked at like the, the series, like LeBron was out the game four. He was out at like one o'clock seven hours before the game started. Yep, absolutely. But where were his teammates? Where was, you know, Anthony Davis? Where were the other ones who needed that extra shooting practice? Because mm-hmm. he went four for four from three in the first half. So LeBron gave everything that he could in the first half. And then, you know, like, like father time doesn't lose. Yeah. You can't, you can't do what you're doing and be That's a tough battle, man. Done. I'm just like, you can see there was plays. He was just like, look, bro. Y'all got, like, y'all got this, and I'm not doing anything the whole third quarter. And they failed him. You know, yeah. they didn't score enough points. So yeah. I don't think he's going to retire. He's gonna. I think he's going to recharge because ultimately I think he wants to play at least one season with his son. So yeah. once, once Bronny gets drafted, he's probably going to, no matter where Bronny gets drafted to, he's probably going to make some deal. Hey, I'm going to come to y'all for one year. I'm going to play with my son, and then I'm going to walk off into the sunset. I hear you. I hear you. I'm, MJ, I'm just going to say, still, I agree. Yep. MJ still yeah. the GOAT, though. He is. Oh, let me, brother, you get another applause. <laughs> hey, but let, let me say thank you. Uh, TH Moore, uh, com is the website. Uh, definitely, we'll, we, you know, we, we appreciate you stopping by. Keep us up to date with the, the books and, and any new books you might have coming out. The, uh, the other thing, man, uh, I, I do want to say uh, to the audience, you know, when it when it comes down um, to writing, uh, this brother really does have a, you know, a, a different perspective from a lot of the writers that we follow. It's a lot of the same thrills and chills, but but it's a it's quality writing. So, you know, we appreciate you for that. And, and, and I give you I give you a props for doing what you're doing. Again, man, thank you so much for coming on. This is the G Podcast, and keep us up to date with what's going on. Again, TH Moore, uh, THMoreNovels.com. Thank you, sir. And, and you know what? Before you go, shot, go on a shot. You know, I see this shirt. 
Hey, you wore this shirt I'll on the podcast. And I'm waiting to wrap I'm independent. I give like my shout out to the bros to <laughs> go Let me let me let me let me let me clear it clear it so you can do it right. Go ahead. Give, do your shout out, man. Do your I want to give a shout out to the bros of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. Oh, oh. Yeah, he, he had the shirt on. You don't come with the interview without <laughs> you got the shirt on. So go ahead, man. Appreciate you. TH Moore, take care. Thank you, man. Right, you have a good one. This is the G Podcast returns after this message from the City of East Point. The City of East Point and the Atlanta NAACP present the East Point Juneteenth Celebration of Freedom 2023. Saturday, June 17th, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. in the East Point Commons, starring the incomparable Angela Winbush. It's Angela Winbush and Keith Washington. Loving you all through the night with Joyce Irby and Climax. And it's absolutely free. The City of East Point and the Atlanta NAACP present the East Point Juneteenth Celebration of Freedom 2023. Starring Angela Winbush, Keith Washington, and Joyce Irby in Climax. Saturday, June 17th, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. at Downtown Commons, 2757 East Point Street. For more information, go to KarenReneeForChange.com. Wednesday, May 24th, 2023, the world was stunned with news of the passing of Tina Turner at the age of 83. I call you, I need you, my heart's on fire. The iconic, the legendary, undisputed queen of rock and roll was gone. Come to me, come to me, wild and wild. We knew her, we loved her. To us, she was simply the best. And it wasn't because I can't stand the rain. it was more how she moved through the rain that moved us, never failing to overcome obstacles, and there were many, and still finding a way to come out on top. She was born Anime Bullock in Nutbush, Tennessee in 1939. She sang her way into Ike Turner's band. It was he who gave her the name, Tina Turner. The two were a chart-making, Grammy-winning force of music until the mid-70s when she left him to take on a new, free, more relaxing solo. And your private dancer, a dancer for money. Do what you want me to do. Do it all she did. Age never stopped her. My attitude about getting old is that I look forward to it because I think I'm going to become another kind of strength. The way that I feel, goodness, I think that 80, it should be just really another whole way of life and as good, but in a different way. I plan to make as much out of my later years as I've made out of the earlier ones. I'm not giving up on life. As long as I'm alive, I'm going to enjoy every aspect of it. I live my life in seven year cycles. And I can tell you now, from one to seven, from seven to 14, 14, 21, 21, 28. I don't see any time wasted, every interesting. And there was something learned from all those years. No time is wasted. It definitely wasn't. A life well lived, a person well loved. You, Miss Turner, will be missed. Tina Turner, dead at 83. Just want to say thank you again, Brooklyn Alexander from UIN Urban Internet News. Thank you for that tribute to Tina. 
And let's go ahead and do this. What you watching this week, Tommy B? Yeah, whether or not you're a fan of the Apple TV Plus series, Ted Lasso or not, hard to deny that the show left its mark on television history. Uh, this upcoming week, as we tape, is I think the series finale. You see it written series finale. In some cases, you see it season's finale. Who knows? But Jason Sudeikis has indicated that this is the end of the story he wanted to tell. And there are rumors that there might be a spinoff or some spinoffs. And, and and I could possibly see it because there's so many different great characters that everybody loves. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Kudos to Halle Bailey. Um, big kudos. Big kudos. To her. As a matter of fact, let's go ahead and give her some applause. Yes. Disney, kudos, the cast, the crew. Uh, Little Mermaid, uh, the movie stands to make uh, somewhere between 120 to 130 million. Plus, it stands to be the third best Memorial Day opening behind Maverick, uh, Top uh, Top Gun, Tom Cruise, and also behind Pirates of uh, the Caribbean, one of those movies. So kudos to Halle Bailey. Man, just knew this girl from YouTube when she was a baby, but can't believe it. Congrats. Uh, and, you know, it's really sad that the trolls are chiming in and the haters to point to the low critic scores because the audience scores look great on, on Rotten Tomatoes, but the critic scores are, are kind of low. Um, but, you know, that's been kind of consistent with a lot of these live action Disney movies. Um, and also people are pointing out that the international box office isn't where it should be. But but the reality is really no one cares in the U.S. because Disney's smart about doing these movies. Um, they're in it for the long game. They're not in it for the quick, short, it's over, done, because this movie with a, a black lead character is going to inspire generations to come. And uh, this version of The Little Mermaid is going to continue to thrive and continue to do well. So just got to say thank you and congrats to uh, Hallie Bailey. Wow. Come a long way. Here are a few leftovers uh, from television. Uh, HBO Max is now just Max. So if y'all going to look for HBO Max, don't look for that. If you already have it, it switches you over to the app on, on its own. So you have to worry about going into the app store, looking for the new app. It lets you know. Um, recommendations, a couple of recommendations. And I haven't watched this yet, but I'm probably going to watch it. Uh, Fubar with Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger is on Netflix. Uh, Net, uh, actually air. With Viola Davis, Ben Affleck, and the crew is free on Amazon right now. And uh, one movie I missed because, you know, I didn't see it over the holidays, but it is great. And I know some of y'all don't like watching Christmas when it's not Christmas, but Violent Night is free on Amazon. And let me tell y'all, let me tell you, <laughs> you like some blood and guts? That's your movie. It is. I think it's, it's from some of the people involved in this are from John Wick. You could tell it's, it's crazy. Um, so check it out. It's called Violent Night. And I think it's going to replace Die Hard is <laughs> one of my, well, non-holiday holiday movies. OK, that's all I got. Let's do the benediction with Vi. So I didn't come here to preach to you today. Here's your inspirational moment with Vi. Jesus. 
took time to pray. Finding time to pray is not easy, but prayer is the vital link between us and God. Like Jesus, we must break away from others to talk with God, even if we have to get up early in the morning to do it. Mark chapter 1 verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to his solitary place where he prayed. People, we should pray. We need prayer more than anything. Good thing. Jesus is the Son of God, and even He prayed. So who are we not to pray? Amen, amen. Appreciate you, Vi. Thank you so much, man, for your benediction. And, and we, we want to hear your take on a lot of the things we've talked about this week. Okay, anything you want to talk about, there's plenty to talk about. Uh, go to castropolis.net. Scroll down to that little orange button that says People Poll. Click it, and you could just leave us a voicemail. Yeah, you know, we will, if, you know, if we play it, if we hook it, you know, play it on the show, we'll hook you up. So remember that. Go to castropolis.net, scroll down to the people poll, hit that orange button and leave us a voice message and I'll play the best back or a few of the best, depending on how long they are. Uh, follow us at this is the G podcast on just about all our social media and on Twitter. It is at this is the G pod. Uh, go ahead and follow us there. And uh, we need some more Twitter followers. I like, you know, to get into these little Twitter spats. So go on to follow us on Twitter as well. Instagram, everything else. Facebook is at This Is The G Podcast. Video and audio of the show are available on YouTube. The video only and video. I'm sorry, audio only. And, and then there's a video audio version of the show on YouTube. Just go there. Uh, share us with friends, y'all. You, just share. It's free. Don't cost you nothing. Like Ashford and Simpson said, go ahead and share us. And with that, episode 177 is in the can. Peace and power to the people. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Have a great week. And, and if it's still Memorial Day weekend, enjoy your day. Enjoy, you know, the day off and, and, and remember our veterans. You've been listening to the G Podcast with your host, Tommy B. The G Podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.